To the podcast, um, you pr- I don't know, you could be listening to us anywhere right now. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm imagining someone's just listening while they nonchalantly flip through Instagram and then get deep and then get deeper and then accidentally like a picture from 2011 on their ex's ex. How far back can you like a picture? That's that's a... It depends. Now guys are doing it as pickup tools. So like they go back and they like all those photos. So all of a sudden a girl will get on and they'll go, oh my God, look at that. I've got like 50 likes. And it's by the same guy and he's gone back to your first original post. Don't know. Never happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Is that called called crumbing? Crumbing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that called crumbing? Crumbing is when you do that and then you just back off and then you'll reach out to him and there'll be nothing. You're up to date with all this stuff, aren't you? And you know, this month is also the biggest month for one night stands in June. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Yeah. I think it's because of the colder months. So the next four uh, weeks, apparently, you're more likely to pick up. So there you go. If you're listening to us on a one-night stand, hi. <laughs> I'd just like to let you know that uh, my birthday is on the 29th of March. Mm-hmm. All right. And there's a calculator online you can do where you go back in time to see what the night of conception probably was. Mm. You do not want to know that. I, I didn't because <sighs> I found out that it was the 6th of June, my dad's birthday. Oh, yeah. Well, at least you know he didn't get that special thing he wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Roll the podcast. (laughs) Wake up with Stab, Abby and Matt with Osha. Hit 105. Last night, our country fell victim to a brutal terrorist attack once again. Enough is enough. All over the news over the weekend and still about today, um, the horrific terrorist attack in London... Um, and we have someone who was um, not on the London Bridge, I believe, in one of the bars, mm-hmm. the second attack. She's with us now. Nikki, good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hi. Hi. Now, Hi, Nikki. Nikki, as you can imagine with the rest of the world, we've only been able to experience it by different reporters and, I guess, the photos. But for you to actually be in the midst of it, can you explain what you were? Were you just out with friends one night? Yes, yeah. Um, I've been out with my boyfriend and my best friend and her partner, and we've had a lovely day out on the Tower of London, have an afternoon tea. We went off to have a couple of drinks afterwards down the South Bank and decided to wander over to Borough Market because it's a place that we're all really fond of. Mm. And we was, uh, well, we went for a meal in a tapas restaurant, which is um, just on the corner of Borough Market. And it started to rain a little bit, so we decided we'll go in and we went into a bar just across the road. Um, we were only in there for a few minutes, long enough to buy a drink. Mm. And me and my friend and her boyfriend went into the garden area, which is to the side, not the front of the pub. And my boyfriend was still at the bar, so we were separated. Um, all of a sudden, the bar just seemed to empty and people were shouting and screaming, get down, get down, get down. Mm. Um, I was pushed underneath a table and you're kind of looking out. I was looking for my boyfriend and in the garden where we were, there was iron gates and one of the attackers was stood there with what appeared to be the, um, the vest, suicide vest. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, feet away, literally feet away. Mm. And you just kind of, you just didn't, a bit of shock, and I think the adrenaline takes over. Yeah. Um, somebody got me out of the area where I was into the bar area, and I was just screaming to my boyfriend, mm. who had been stuck in the bar with one of the barmen. And where he was, there was another attacker mm. with a knife trying to smash the windows to get into the pub. Mm. Um, fortunately, like, people had run in to, to get to safety and bolted the door. Mm. Wow. And the bar staff were just absolutely incredible. Mm. I mean, you would have thought that these bar staff had been trained to deal with an attack like this. Right, wow. It was just absolutely amazing how calm they were. Mm. They took us all down into the cellar. And I mean, it's a busy pub in the area. And they put us all into the beer cellar downstairs. And I mean, all we could hear was gunshots. Mm. And we could hear people running around, or what felt like running around upstairs. And you just, I mean, we were all just in shock. We, yeah. mm. it, was, it was quite calm, mm. but we're just all sat there thinking, what the hell is going on? Terrifying. And of course, you can hear the shots, and you don't know who it is, yeah. whether it's yeah. the police or... And all we're thinking is, you had a bomb strapped to him, and mm. it's going to go off, and this is it. Yeah. Um, 
we were then told to come up and I mean the police were absolutely fantastic they lined the street and they were just screaming run 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 mm. and we ran out of the pub and I mean there were bodies on the floor <sighs> and I mean it was just we ran about 300 metres and everyone was just like there was a real show of solidarity but everyone was just terrified mm. and there were blue lights everywhere um, helicopters and we still didn't really know what was going on we never knew at that time the, the terrorists had been shot by the police mm. and you're just thinking we need to get out we need to get out but we lost my friend and we had to split up because we wanted to go back and find her mm. fortunately she was only about 100 metres behind us um, just in sheer panic because she thought we'd got left behind yeah. and everyone was just really disorientated and yeah I mean it was just probably one of the worst things I've ever been through yeah but when we got home and we were watching the news it was as though we almost hadn't been there at all right um, it, it was so surreal mm. and mm. it wasn't until this morning when we woke up and started watching it again and just thought oh the poor victims yeah what I find um, terrifying about your story, Nikki, is the, the few small decisions that you made to get where you were made you safe. Like you said, it was raining a little bit, so we went inside. And if you'd have made one decision the opposite way, you might have been out on the street. And in, in, in... Well, that's it. I mean, we actually sat and we were having such a nice time and mm. the, the wine was nice, the food was nice. And my boyfriend said, should we have another bottle of wine? Mm. And, I mean, had it been minutes, it was, mm. you know, just a few minutes... That was when they'd come round that corner and, yeah. I mean, they were just crazed, attacking people on the way. Yeah. Nikki, I don't, mean, um, I, I, don't, I don't mean to bring any light to the difficult, difficult situation that you're in, but we hear a lot about the resolve of Londoners and how people are just taking it in their stride. When you were down in the basement, did you look around and go, well, that person brought their drink? <laughs> it was just, I think everyone was just in so much panic. Mm. Um, you just, I mean, we just ran. It was, right. Everyone was just running. And the police were so almost forceful. Like, well, they were very forceful. Yeah. Run, 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 run. Mm. And so you just, you're just like, wow, I need to get out of here. Mm. Yeah. How are, you pro- what, um, how are you processing it now? Are you, what do you, I mean, I guess you still you sound like you're in a little bit of shock, but is there any sort of anger with, with what you're watching in the news? Like, how are you processing it? Yeah, I think last night um, on the journey home, we were just full of adrenaline, and yeah. you don't really you don't realise the severity of what's happened. Yeah. Um, this morning we woke up and watching the news, it was very upsetting. We felt sad and we had tears. And then as the day went on today, you feel anger and resentment, mm. and then you also feel a bit of fear as well. Like mm. we've got events coming up where we're going to be concerts in the main stadiums in London Mm. and as much as we say no we're going to stand united you know we're going to face terror and just carry on with our lives it does make you fear for Mm. going to these places Mm. I mean me and my boyfriend have got teenage children that are sort of between 17 and 20 and you worry for them as well and uh, yeah I mean it's very, very scary. Yeah. Well, uh, look, Nikki, we know it would be a tough thing to go through, let alone having to relive it and talk about it again. So we really appreciate you coming uh, on this morning and, and sharing your story with us. Okay, that's fine. Thanks, and um, I'm sorry to hear about, about your fellow um, lady that's in hospital. Yeah, yeah straight up. makes her recovery. Yeah, she's yeah, apparently Brisbane doing girl. okay. Thank you, Nikki. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Lots of love. It's Steph, Abby and Matt with Osha. Hit 105. There is a book, Book of Secrets. Ah, uh, Uber. Right around Australia, there are something around 53,000 Uber cars. Wow. Taking people from place to place, sometimes when they're unable to drive themselves, Most sometimes when they're in a mood of sharing. And, and mm-hmm. around about five or six of these cars in Brisbane, we have some exercise books. We've had to tie them to the car so people don't nick them. And the pens, like at the bank, we've had to tie the pens to the car as well so people don't nick them. And people are writing secrets in the back seats of these cars anonymously. Mm-hmm. And we have some of them now. Yeah. This mm. happened because you saw it in... You found one that someone found else was one. doing. I found one. I, I found a book of secrets in an Uber and I thought, now that is a cracking idea. Did the you write one in? Of course I wrote one in. 
Was it about your love of the band Hanson? <laughs> no, that's no secret. <laughs> <laughs> what did you write in it? I wrote about the time that I was inadvertently involved in an undercover police corporation operation while I was in North Queensland. Wow. Just, <laughs> just the usual. Just a normal Sunday night. You were a freaking wire man. I was a roadie at the time, Matty. I was, I was oh, a roadie. Right. Uh, I, was, I was working for a rock and roll band as a road crew, and uh, we were working in a venue that may have been a front. Uh-huh. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so some of the staff weren't exactly... Hot dog sellers? No, okay. <laughs> right. So but we have the book here, mm. and we've got uh, we've got someone who works... Who's, who's voicing it this week? Do we remember? Uh, it is this, I think it's Kaz again. She is our generic female generic. voice. Female voice. I we love that say, description. Yeah, I was going to say our beautiful, amazing voice, but yeah, we can go with generic. Kaz, Kaz husky, who answers the phone. We call up Hit 105. Yeah. Kaz or, or Abby will answer the phone. Mm. What you guys said. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so here's, here's generic surprised. female reading the first one. <laughs> While in a relationship, I pretty much fell in love with a guy from work. He felt the same way and broke it off with his girlfriend, but I didn't do the same. Now I'm single and he ignores me. Ouch. That's some sort of pact. Let's both do it. Yeah, yeah, you go first. (laughs) (laughs) On the count of three, you jump. (laughs) Someone someone was on the way. Someone was going from work to meet a friend for a coffee, Mm. and they had the time to write that down, and they were feeling so sad about it. Mm -hmm. How would you be? Yeah. And and like then having to work with them and go, Mm. yeah, g'day, Bruce, here's the spreadsheets. That, yeah, anyway. No one ever Bruce. puts out on a job thing, do they? Why do you want to change your current workplace? Oh, because I hooked up with someone. <laughs> no one ever does that, honestly, do they? No. I'm looking for a new challenge. challenge yeah. <laughs> All right, here you go. Another one. One time after a one night stand, the guy bought me Wheat Bix for breakfast. I was so hungover, ate my breakfast, and then had to throw it up. All in his kitchen sink. Amen for garbage disposal. XOXO. Now, nothing says excitement and the, you know, the, the opposite of what it is to be in a monogamous, committed relationship than the excitement of a one-night stand and, and all that comes with it, including Wait. randoms having a puke in your kitchen sink. I can't get past the wheat bix. Why? How's that to woo a woman? Thanks for a great night last night. You here's, hungry? Here's three bricks. <laughs> yes. Right? Here's some wheat bix. How many do you do? (laughs) (laughs) I hooked up with a guy knowing my friend was in love with him. Worst part is I don't feel guilty at all. Oh, you're just a terrible person. Oh, you'd have to be with him after that. Because don't you do don't you do the whole like oh my friend's interested you can't go there that was always our girl yeah. code law oh yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. I don't know but I don't think that's I don't know if I could be friends with guys that always have a different avenue though they're like first dips do you know what I mean like if it didn't work with you someone else is allowed to try yeah. and pick her up and then you, but, they, guy, but girls are like no 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 they're yeah. out of bounds and then you tell the girl that and she gets upset it's like I had first dibs on you baby what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of guys you hang around with Abby but no not at all that's in in. My circle of friends, it's like if if someone's got eyes for someone, mm. it's off limits. And even if it didn't work out, it's still off. Hang limits. out with a bad group of guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say the opposite. <laughs> I call shotgun. He's another one. I licked my cat. I'm sorry. What? I I, I licked my cat. my cat. That's the most random one we've had. I like it. Why? Someone is. Why? Because someone has decided in there, you know, in between, oh, so you're out here. Oh, you're studying. Oh, that's pretty good. I want to just write in this yeah. book, I licked my cat. I wonder if that was a one night stand and the guys are going, this is not what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe someone who met your wife. What? Nothing. <laughs> I met up with a guy from Tinder at 5 a.m. and hooked up with him on a park bench near my house. And my dad, who, might I add, runs every morning, oh. ran past and saw us. No! <laughs> That no can't way. be real. No, that's not, no, that's Why? horrible. What? Is that my... Oh, my God. No, that's awful. Good to see you out and about exercising, honey. Keep it up. <laughs> no. Wow. That's okay, isn't it? Well, what I mean, think is that, that okay? What level is that okay? <laughs> Look, that's part of the trade-off of having your adult children live at home with you. You're occasionally going to see your adult children do adult things. Hmm. She's only making out, right? Yeah. Yes. What is what is hooked up with yes. me? Yeah, she is. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, they sharing time. a cup of cocoa early in the morning. <laughs> is that what you used to do? Yeah, yeah. Is that a euphemism for something? I'll stir you a cup of cocoa. If you see a book in an Uber, it is ours. Please write something in there for us. We would love to uh, get your secrets out on the air. Do it anonymously, of course. Wake up with Stab, Abby and Matt with Osha. Heat 105. You...
Yeah, oh, look, there's a lot of things to be outraged by, but I didn't expect this. Mm. David Beckham. God, he's a lovely man. He certainly he is. is. Stop <laughs> it. He's been working on his voice and doesn't... He certainly he, is. It doesn't matter how high-pitched it is. He's no, amazing. And he um, has gone on holidays. He's posted a photo, mm. a photo which I thought was really gorgeous, of him kissing his daughter, Harpish. I think she's around about five. Five-ish. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's so beautiful. A lot of people are like, what are you doing? You don't kiss your child on the lips. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I want to know if there's something wrong with it because I still, I still would kiss my dad on the lips. I would if I could. Okay, sorry. Why don't you? Because he's dead. Oh. Okay, so hang on. So you're saying it's caused outrage because people, people are getting weird and sexualizing it. Are they? I don't know. That's... Would you? Would you? When did you stop kissing your parents on the lips, Osh? Uh probably, probably around five. Probably around. Yeah. Right. Around there, like I, I was always weird about kissing dad mm. or getting kissed by dad because he had bristly face. Mm. Yes, it was always, yeah. it was always icky. Mum, uh, I, I think I stopped somewhere around four or five, but don't worry, the cold sauce kept going. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, right. <laughs> Give I'm the not kicks on giving. Stop. Is that going to be wrong? You're not going to stop? No, I'm no. not going to stop. They, I mean, they will want you to stop. No, nah, I'm going to drop them off at parties and go, hey, hey, mummy didn't get a kiss goodbye. I'm 18. I don't care. <laughs> but then Is that it too could, much? could be on the flip side. Girls might go, oh, he, you know, if he loves his mum that much, mm. he yeah. might be a really kind man. Yeah. Oh, they um, won't. They won't. No, like the kids, your kids won't kiss you back. They'll be like, no, oh. we're done. Do you think there's anything wrong with it? I don't no. think there's anything wrong with it. I kiss Rory all the time. Yeah. Uh. I, 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 my, I, I love kissing my kids on the lips. Mm. Um, Ethan never wants to kiss my lips because mm. he's 15. Right, mm. yeah. Um, okay. But he does kiss his mum mm. on the lips. On the lips? Yeah. So do I. Little peck on the lips. So... Well, you don't think you, don't, you think he's too old for that now? No, it's no. their decision, surely, right? Yeah. When they're old enough to make that decision, they will tell you whether yeah. or not they want to kiss you or I not. I have to. It's a bit of an issue when I go out with my dad because my dad looks so young. Mm. So now, like, we just went tile shopping on the weekend. He's up and he was holding um, my son. And we walked in there and then I could see the lady look at him and then look at me. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> here so we I go. have to, like, go, Dad, which tiles do you like? Should so, say, Daddy, make it confusing. No, Rachel yeah. and Logan. <laughs> do you, how, old, how old is your child and do you still kiss on the lips? Um, definitely. Yeah. I think it's the most ridiculous thing on the planet, Isn't people it? picking at this. Mm. Yeah, I have two. I have a five-year-old and a 20-month-old, and when my daughter, she's 20 months, when she kisses me and mm. she tries to give me her cheek, I'm like, no, lips. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, yeah. then I tell her no tongue, though, because she sticks her tongue out. <laughs> yeah, they all try that once, don't they? You're like, yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, no, no, more yeah. than once. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I was you're right. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, there's ridiculous. a line. It is ridiculous. It's crazy. I still kiss my parents on the lips, like mm. yeah. little peck, and mm. my nieces and nephews and my sisters. Like, I just think it's silly. See, I've realised I'll kiss friends on the lips. Mm -hmm. Is that? Do you know what I mean? My Maybe I don't have a limit. Yeah, no, 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 my kiss my old friends on the lips. Uh, We've all got that one friend that does it, and I look forward to seeing her all the time. With like, here we go, I get a kiss on the lips. Hi. <laughs> Which friend specifically is that? Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Hang on, let's just get your wife on, and then we'll see if she can work it out. <laughs> Alex, thirteen ten sixty. What do you reckon uh, about the kissing parents and, and kids on the lips? Oh, I kiss everyone on the lips. Yeah, mm. me too. Good for you. Yes, yeah. yeah. all my friends, both yeah. my kids, yeah. my parents. Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone said it's a bit weird, Alex? No, I think it's crazy that people have a problem with it. Do you ever get that person that goes to the turn? It's like, no way, mate, cheek. <laughs> uh, and you, you end up on, on cheek when you went for lips? No, I just hold their face. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know what's even more Love awkward? Me back. You know when you go in for like the the greeting with someone, you go yeah. in for the hug mm. and the kiss on the cheek, and mm. they don't Mwah, back. Mm. Yeah. So it's just it's just you on their cheek going, Mwah, and then yeah. you, you wait, and then nothing. Mm. And then you I go, just go take two. Let's try again. I, I just realised I have a male friend that kisses um, when not on the lips though, but we kiss when we say hello. You kiss each other's cheeks. He's very. Um, it's, a very it's a very yeah. Euro thing to do. So yeah. I spent you know I, I lived overseas for some time and and. Yeah, well, certainly when I was living in Amsterdam, it, everybody just mm. like mwah, mwah, two kisses. Mm. It's just like a like a handshake. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, Natalie's on the Gold Coast, lip kissing. What do you think? Yep. You enjoy 100%. it? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you? My son's fifteen years old, mm -hmm. and we have a brilliant relationship. Okay, yes, we don't do it out in you know yeah. public, yeah. public or in lines or stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> like I just dropped him we off. We don't make football. out in front of everyone. <laughs> <In the> movies. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Like I dropped him off at football on Saturday, and I had to quickly take my eight-year-old daughter, who I also kissed on the lips, yeah. to horse riding. And the first thing he said in front of all his mates and all his coaches, "Love you, mum." Yeah, right. See you soon. Be yeah. safe on the road. Oh, Give no. me a kiss. But if, if he asked to stop, would you? 
Oh, well, yes, of course I would. I wouldn't want to make him uncomfortable. But in the privacy of our own home, that's Mm. the one thing we do all the time when we say goodnight to each other. It's Mm. just... I don't know. It just it, it's, we it's it's. I guess we do the whole never go to bed angry or upset at anybody yeah. in our house, and everyone gives a hug and kiss before we go to bed. No, so why do you that. think, Natalie? Why do you think people might be weirded out by David Beckham kissing his uh, five-year-old on the lips? I have absolutely no idea. I see nothing wrong with it. I think it's as natural as yeah as anything. It's mm. the same with the, dis- the discussion that they have with breastfeeding. It, it's mm. normal. It's yeah. a process. Do you think yeah. when it comes to Beckham and him kissing his daughter, people are just jealous? <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> I wouldn't because me. <laughs> Not me. I'm speaking for someone. Sure, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, Stav, <laughs> it's Stav, Abby and Matt with Osher. Hit 105. Alrighty, uh, thank you for sticking this far into our podcast. We will be back live tomorrow. And when we are, we are going to play Alpha Bucks. To win $10,000. Yes, it is worth $10,000. And the letter for tomorrow is... I for indigo. I. I. I, I, I. I believe that is the letter. Incognito. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, 8am, win money. Wake up with Stab, Abby and Matt with Osha. Hit 105. Our country fell victim to a brutal terrorist attack once again. Enough is enough. Obviously, we've all seen that there was a terrorist attack in London in the last two days. Uh, there's been rolling coverage of it on all of the channels online, everywhere. Uh, to get a better picture of it, Latika, who's a journalist for the Sydney Morning Herald, lives right there where the attack occurred, and she joins us now. Good morning, Latika. Good morning, or good evening, as it is in London. Yeah. So, how, where were you when the attack took place, and how did you, you, you get there so quickly? Can you explain what you first heard? Yeah, so I was just coming home uh, from Soho for my girlfriend's birthday evening, and I live very, very close to Barra. Barra is basically my neighbourhood. Um, it's where I go for my lunch breaks. It's where I go on the weekends for breakfast. I'm only a couple of minutes away from Barra. So when I got home, it was literally getting out of the tube, getting 4G and going, oh, my God, looking at Twitter and going, something has happened mm. where I live. I need to get up there. That was what it was like. So did, did you actually see the the carnage of it? Is that how close you were to it? Or? No. no. Look, by the time I got up there, and look, this is a credit to the police, mm. they um, had kind of shut down the scene within minutes of it happening. And I got up to Barham Markets, which is about five minutes from where I live on, on foot. Um and I got up there, and by that time, they would like, you know, get away from the scene, just run away, whatever you're doing, I don't care, yeah. just get away. And they were yelling at me and screaming. And then I walked past them, like, ran, ran past the street, down another street, and all these people being evacuated from London Bridge and, and Barra at that point. And this girl I was running beside was like, oh my God, I can't even look at those people on the right. And I looked across and that was the first time I saw them and there were all these people being tricked along the sidewalk and they had come out of the Borough Market Complex. You know, Borough is like a really, really popular place in London. It's so busy on weekends. If anyone has seen any Bridget Jones movie, mm. they've seen Borough Market. Right, yeah, right. right. Okay. Borough right. Market is a really, really popular place. Latika, we were only reporting on the Manchester bombing a couple of weeks ago, mm. and, and and then mm. this is it. What is it like over there? Is there a, not a complacency, but is it is it even more fear or people just? No, it, it feels. It absolutely feels like we're at war. Wow. Yeah, right. Wow. And you know, there are people who will say to you, "We, you know, it means nothing. We'll go on. We're mm. we're not afraid." Absolutely, everybody is afraid. Of yeah. course they are. So, Latika, when when you say it feels like we're at war, what exactly do you mean? Well, I mean, the PM came out today in Britain, Theresa May. She came out in the middle of an election campaign with a very, very different message. So last few terror attacks I've covered, and Theresa May came out and gave very comforting statements. She was very strong, and it was, it was you know, a very bold statement. And you were like, wow, this is a PM in control. She knows how to reassure a nation. Today, completely mm. different. Mm. Mm. Her tone was completely changed and she was saying enough is enough. Extremism is at the point where we cannot tolerate it anymore. We've tolerated this in Britain enough and we're going to change. Now, 
obviously there's going to be a huge political debate ahead about whether she is capable of changing that or not mm. and, and who even knows whether that is capable of changing. Mm. But I thought it was really, really interesting that today the words were not of comfort, mm. the words were of this is enough. And uh, the other thing and that's I, going I, on... Sorry. The other thing that's going on at the moment is the uh, Ariana Grande's One Love concert, which I imagine yeah, has absolutely. people very uh, are people nervous about that because uh, I know we were talking about it in our meeting and we were quite nervous about something occurring there. Is there no, uh, no, no. People are not nervous about that because people think there's going to be so much security there mm. that it will not be a problem. Yeah. On you saying the Prime Minister has come out and you feel like there's been a shift in her attitude, which Mm. I I have to be honest with you, is finally refreshing to hear that because I think all we ever say is we'll get through this, we'll be okay, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, we Mm. have this conversation. We'll probably be talking to you in another two weeks about something Mm. that's happened. Do you have a feeling that the people now want to see different things like border control, tougher laws, better vetting of people. What, what is the vibe of a country who every day walks out their front door and is unsure whether or not they're going to see their children that yeah. afternoon? No, that is a perfect, perfect question because that's exactly what the PM is hitting on. And, you know, there has been three attacks in three months in London. And I think most Londoners that I talk to and and... I've spoken to a lot of Londoners about terrorism in the last, what, 15 months that I've lived here. Every single Londoner expects terrorism. There is no one in this city that doesn't expect terrorism to come and get them. Do they expect terrorism to come and get them every single month? No way. Mm. And that is the difference. So the frequency with, with which these attacks have happened is really shocking the city to the core. And if these attacks had happened once every one or two or three years, it would be a completely different story. Mm. But the fact that these attacks have happened one every three months is a really different scenario. And what I have found is that Londoners are very, very resilient. They do not want to say we give in, nothing like that at all. And, And absolutely, resolutely, they don't. But I think the PM hit on that today when she said enough is enough. We need to draw a line. Now, whether or not the government is able to draw that line and find mm. a solution and find their response, that's a completely different question. But she was absolutely right in saying the people have reached a threshold but isn't, at which they will tolerate take these attacks. Isn't the response just to do these things? You know, every person who wants to enter a country... They all need to get stopped. Well, I think everyone's been trying to, I guess, uh, go opposed what Trump has been saying. Do you know? And then yeah. something like this well, happens. Well, and it's, ter- yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, terrorism is so complicated. Yeah. It's, it would be wonderful to be able to say it is that simple. That do this and it will stop. Yeah. Travel ban. Yeah, exactly. Right. But don't we, we have to do something? Like but then I, a lot of the people and, that are doing these yeah, attacks are and, born in the country that they're doing it in. Exactly. So, right. so what do you want? But then some people are saying, and I, I honestly, you read the comments after a Pauline Hanson um, statement of her saying yeah. she wants border control, of and you course. read all the comments, and people yeah. will agree with her. And one person will say, you know, but, natural. Yeah, and people yeah. will say, well, you know, but what about they were born in the country? And she said yes, but were their parents? You know, yeah. and it seems like a lot of the people that are doing it seem to be fighting their parents' war who they gave up years ago. Mm. Absolutely, it's completely natural for people to think that, and that is part of the policy challenge that politicians are facing right now. Mm. Uh, I would implore anyone listening to you to, to check out smh.com.au and look up my name because I'm writing a lot of stories about these issues at the moment. Mm. Um, the case in Manchester is a perfect example. So the Abidi family were refugees from Libya and the father fled from Libya in the, 19, in the 1990s, 1993. Mm. He began resuming in Libya in 2008. And people are naturally inclined to ask, well, why did he still need protection if mm. he could flee Libya in 1998 and return there? And and these are very, very natural questions that the population is entitled to ask. I don't know. My, my feeling and, is, that you're right, it's too complex, but my feeling is, is we're too worried about hurting someone's feelings, about asking a couple of questions to them, that we just let them do whatever. Any person who's in policy making in this area will tell you. So I, I spent last weekend interviewing Philip Ruddick, who's a former immigration minister in Australia, in, um, who dealt with these issues and is much maligned because he took a very hard line approach to, to refugees.
But I don't think it's just refugees. It's people coming here on holidays. Yeah, I know. It's it's complex because we're a multicultural nation. You know, if you look back at our history and we invited different cultures in. Mm. So that's why it's such a complex one because you you can't reject the people that you you have. I'm not saying saying reject people. What I'm saying is I think at the moment, to me and I think to a lot of people listening, it feels like there is actually no system in place. You know, there was a woman who got arrested on suspicion of terror in South Australia the day of the Manchester bombing. She had pledged her allegiance to ISIS. They said she'll get the full extent of the law. She could face up to 10 years jail. Like, it just feels like, Mm -hmm. to me, everything is so lax. Mm. If you're Mm. saying you're willing to commit to killing thousands of people Mm. and you might face 10 years jail, everything is just too grey. It needs to be tougher. Mm. Discuss. (laughs) (laughs) Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends, Maddie. Do you, want to, do you want to play some pop music or do you want to talk for an hour? Because that's pretty much what we've got. That's the question. That's the thing. That's the thing, Maddie. You're looking, Maddie. You're looking for, and it really seems to me, Maddie. You're looking for a. This makes me angry. I'm going to click like. You're looking for something that gives you a quick response. Mm. This is such a. It's such a complicated question that. The complicated answer, which is what Latik is talking about, is very, very difficult. The simple answer is make the public afraid, like you're afraid right now. Make the public afraid. There's no simple answer. You know, you know, the public can be afraid and the public can also be sympathetic at the same time. Of course. And I'm pretty sure that that is the feeling in London because London is a really open, accepting society and a really very diverse city. It's not black and white, and I think that the worst thing we could do is actually say, this is a black and white challenge. But how many people die before we do make a decision on something? You know, this is not a case where everybody's running around in London saying Muslims are the problem, Islamists are the problem. Mm. They're saying extremism is the problem, radicalisation is the problem. And I'm not saying Muslims either. I'm saying Every country. Yeah. I'm not. You, know, you just got to try and create. You, you don't want to create an us versus them. And that's what you're going to do if, like uh, Latika was saying, if you mm. alienate people. Yeah. It's not the, the problem is the extremis, extremism and radicalization and what things within a society force someone to become radicalized. Then how do you that's cut down problem. on that then, Osh? Well, how do you stop people com- doing that? That's the complicated answer. Right there is the complicated answer, Abby. Mm. Well, 131060. This could go on for the entire show. (laughs) But we are going to open up the phones to this and give you an opportunity, Brisbane. What are your thoughts? Wake up with Stab, Abby and Matt with Osha. Hit 105. We're having a discussion I don't think you ever would have thought you would hear on this radio station. Um, But I think it's an important one. And it's around the terrorist attack that happened um, over the weekend. Yeah, we're talking to a reporter that says a lot of things have changed over um, in London at the moment. Uh, The Prime Minister came out and um, had a very different, I guess, approach. You know, it's always been the approach that love's going to win and has sort of taken, I guess, would you say a harder approach to Mm. it? Yeah, she said Mm. enough's enough. Yeah, and we just want to know your thoughts, 131060. We've got Jackie and Greenslopes. What do you think about the conversation? Yeah, hi guys. Um, I just thought it was really interesting, like the point you guys put forward about enforcing, you know, maybe 10 year sentence and things. I was just having a conversation with a girlfriend the other day and we were talking like, you know, pretty deep meaningful about this kind of topic. And mm. we actually got onto the point where we were saying that people that essentially would be looking at having these, you know, these kind of criminal um, acts and, you know, prison terms for, for such offences put against them. I don't really, we don't really feel like they would actually care. Like these people are more than happy to end end their own lives to complete such a task and go out and complete such havoc Mm. that really telling them that they could possibly go to prison and possibly, obviously, like I think they do need to be enforced and need to be strictened, but I think a lot of it could be earlier prevention, even more than that. Yes. I feel like if you've got radical people out there telling them that they might go to jail or even if they will go to jail, yeah, I don't really feel like that's the kind of thing they'll care so about. So true. Mm. Jackie, because I don't think we can comprehend how brainwashed and how how much hatred these people have to be able yeah. to go through with wanting to commit these acts that you feel like the, the jail sentence doesn't even come into their consideration. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's so many different layers and these people have come from so many different diversities and backgrounds yeah. and gained these, um, I guess, these ideas and yeah. the idea of radicalising as being a positive influence on their lives from so many different areas that you can't really break it down and then go, yeah. oh, now we need to do this. Like saying that there's one touch pence and the whole black and white thing is, yeah, on people that are starting to radicalise or are radicalised and looking to act, it's... I think, yeah, there does need to be stricter laws for those that are starting to radicalise, like the earlier prevention, I think, will 
the idea that you could go to jail would definitely help. Yeah. Um, but yeah. people that are already at that point, it's not no, really care. going to do a whole lot. It just doesn't, well, it doesn't feel no. like it would do a whole lot. No. Good point. Leona is in Morningside. Leona, what do you think about this issue? Uh, I agree with your first caller. I agree that prison sentences are probably not a deterrent for people who are willing to die for their cause. But mm. I also didn't agree with your reporter from London. Um, I think Theresa May is coming up for an election and she's creating sound bites that sound good for the general population who are scared. Mm. Yeah, right. I don't think she's actually going to do anything of substance with that. Um, but I also don't agree with closing the borders or vetting people. I think I, I think that's a ridiculous approach. These people that are attacking the UK at the moment are born and bred there. Yeah. Um, yeah see my that, daughter's yeah. an Australian born to two immigrant parents and I think what's going to happen to her? Are people going to start going after mm. her in years to come because they're scared of people who are immigrants? Yeah, that's mm. a good no, point. It's more, it's more about, do you really care who lives here? It's just, if they, they live here, you have to love the place that you're living in, don't you? You've got to have some sort of connection and obviously the people that are doing such horrid things have no connection with where they were born. Yeah, no. yes, this is true. But, you know, then you've got to think about what would make someone not love the place that living here? What, what would make someone feel like they don't belong in a beautiful country like ours? What would make someone feel like, you know what, I hate all of you because none of you make me feel like I belong here. Mm. And, and I, that's also perhaps part of the question mm. here. The, the thing I would say to that, and they're all good points, and obviously you guys know, I, I, and I'm going to admit, I am terrified at mm. the moment. Yeah. I am really? terrified for my mm. family. Mm. For... You live in Oxley in Brisbane, man. Yeah, but, but, then, but that's, what, that's what we're saying. Those people just went out for dinner. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't question yeah. it either. But I, I, you... I do sometimes feel how far do we have to go like we i think we are the most accepting country mm. and we yeah there is a few people who are racist assholes mm. yeah no doubt but sometimes it just gets for me i feel tired how how much do we have to do to try and convince people that you're accepted. Well, like, it's, not, it's, not, it's not about convincing. The problem with this, though, it's got nothing to do with race. It's got nothing to do with religion. It's actually a douche situation that there are people out there who who are always going to do evil things. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think yeah. the hard thing is you just can't categorise. You can't say it's them. Yeah. You're right. I believe you're absolutely right. And, Maddie, I would just want to implore that you take a look around. And, yeah, it's frightening. And you, if you click on enough things online, you're going to get scared. Mm. But turn your phone off for a couple of hours and look around. You live in a beautiful city, in a beautiful country, the most one of the most peaceful, prosperous countries on this planet. You really... You are really you're more in danger of being hit by a train on a level crossing on your mm. way to school on your way to work mm. than of some idiot hurting you because they believe in something they saw on the internet. Mm. I promise but you. That's Maddie, an accident. This is a this is an act of yeah, you know, evil. Not, and the people just, going just, to the concert. I'm just stating facts. You yeah. know, like there's yeah. more, more people will be killed on our roads today uh, in this country mm. than will be will die of terrorism all year. Mm. All right, we just got to you know be, just keep perspective. I know it's really scared, scary, Maddie, but just try and keep perspective, man. Rachel's on from Maruka. What do you think? Um, hi, I uh, I think early intervention is the way to go. And mm. I work for a national not-for-profit organisation called High Resolve. And we run global citizenship programs in high schools. So we've delivered to over 125,000 students across Australia. And we really believe that people don't become radicalised when they feel engaged. Yeah. Um, with their community, and that's really what we're all about. And I would love to see our high schools making global citizenship a priority, and I think it's time that we really look at how do we build social cohesion, how do we build celebrating diversity into our schools and make that a priority, Mm. because it's important that people feel connected to each other. Mm. And I think in some schools that's not happening with young people. They do feel like them. They do feel on the outer. So how can we change that and how can we start creating that change without, in our own community so that we all feel safe? Mm. Mm. You're saying rejection at a young age for these kids or not feeling accepted or integrated and all that is, is to- causing long-term problems? I think it's absolutely key. And I, I think, you know, as teenagers, we've all felt that. We've all felt on the outer at some yeah. point and we all know how that feels. Unfortunately, in this climate, if that begins to grow and festers, that's when young people do become radicalised. And the fact is the internet is so amazing um, at allowing people to be radicalised and, and extremism to happen. So mm. how do we combat that? And I think schools are a great platform and I think really promoting global citizenship as a priority and saying, hey, why should I feel connected to you? Why should I feel connected to someone on the other side of the world that I may never know? You know, what, how can we have empathy for each other? 
I think those are things that schools probably aren't making a priority at the moment, but I mm. think it probably needs to happen. Well, yeah, Rachel, what do, you say to, what do you say to people who wake up this morning and are, are you know, reasonably afraid? They're thinking, oh, I don't want to go to, you know, there's a, a midnight oil gig and I'm afraid of going to a, a public place now, mm. even though the midnight oil gig's in Nambour, mm. you know? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I have the same thing. I have a 12-month-old son, and I think when he grows up and that he wants to go to concerts or music festivals like I did, how am I going to feel about that? But mm. I have to say, you know, 99% of the world's population is peaceful and loving, yeah, and true. everyone wants the same thing. Everyone wants peace, love, happiness, and mm. to feel connected to other people. That is intrinsic in all humans. So mm. how do we promote it? And I think that's what we really need to consider. That is all great, but I think we're forgetting one part of society, and that's the ones who have a legitimate grudge against some of these countries, like who have lived in countries that mm. have been bombed by America and seen their families torn apart when they were aiming for terrorists, and that's how people get radicalised as well, when they've been mistreated by an entire country and they want to strike back against mm. them. I don't think that you're going to be able to stop that until all wars are stopped and then... That's just not going to happen. That's my cheery thoughts of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to go yeah, back to watching yeah. One Love Manchester concert. Yes. Well, that's, that, an ex- that that's a really... great example of that, yeah. though. I mean, yeah. we're talking about t- two, two people in London that went on a rampage, and then we've got 50,000 people all hanging out mm. together and having a good time and loving each other. So the balance is definitely in the right, but they do more damage. Mm. Uh, if you want to keep chatting about this, jump on to our Facebook page. Search Stav, Abby and Matt with Osha here at Hit 105. It's Stav, Abby and Matt with Osha. Hit 105. When has someone overstayed their welcome? You know when you have that guest where you're like, hey, you can crash on my couch? Mm. That's fine. Two weeks later, hey, about that, are you going to be leaving? (laughs) (laughs) And it could be any situation. But over in the States, this guy wants to remain anonymous. He has said on Reddit that he had to call the police on his Tinder date. Successful Tinder date, Mm. mind you. Extremely successful. He said everything was going really well, but he did say, look, you probably have to leave because I've got to get up early in the morning. Um, She didn't. And then he spoke to her and she said, look, can I just stay for dinner? And he he said, yeah, that's fine. But then she passed out and he was trying to wake her and say, no, no, sorry, you're going to have to leave. I'm a pretty nice guy, but you're going to have to leave. Mm. Um, And she just didn't. So she woke up and she actually refused to leave the next day. Two days later. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Um, two days later, um, he actually had another date. Oh, That's how we got rid of it. The wow. next, the next one came over. No, he had to call the police to get her to leave because she refused to leave. Maybe right. she was like, "Oh, babe, we're suited for each other. This is gonna be <laughs> we're made for each other. We should have babies." So two days. Mm-hmm. I'm already thinking. Now, if you if you're with someone that is happy to go for two days wearing the same undies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's a Tinder date, she probably wasn't wearing... Anyway, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, an issue. It is an know, issue. Is she, is she walking around wearing his clothes? Mm, probably. You know, like, oh, your shirts are so nice when I walk around in them. Like, that's that's like some bunny boiler stuff right there. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, the police had a... Uh, apparently, they found out that on the car, she had she was expired on the car or something, so they oh, could insurance. find an excuse, yeah. See, I, um, I have pretty much zero personal experience with this. I've been with my wife since I was 18. Yeah, you won't leave. <laughs> she has experience. She's right. calling through. <laughs> so she knows, but I've I've never really had to have that sort of mm. con- like. How do you have that conversation what about with, with a friend someone? though? Because we had someone mm. that my my husband's like, oh, do you mind if they crash? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Oh. And we lived in like a uh, kind of what we do now, a bit of a Darrow house, which had a big shed at the back, <laughs> mm. and it was just like, yeah, cool, anyone can crash there, hang out. But it was kind of like to the point where. Yeah, but he's always here, mm. and it's yeah. been it's been three weeks now. Does he have anywhere to go? Mm. And he was lovely, but it was just I didn't I didn't expect to have a house guest that every time I came home from work. Was like, how was your day? It's like, good. <laughs> How's your day, <laughs> he's dear? Like, As he's eating food out like, of your fridge. Yeah, he's like, what do you want to do for dinner? No, he cooked as wow. well. Like, it wasn't okay. that he was rude, but yeah. it was well, just a bit like, hey, what's the plan? Is he moving in? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thirteen ten sixty. Uh, whether it's been uh, just met a friend mm. or an actual friend or family member. How long has someone overstayed their welcome? Maybe they're still there. Yes. Yeah, maybe this is maybe this is your moment. Yeah. Hey, turn on the radio, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Turn on the radio, mate. <laughs> yeah. Wake up with Stab, Abby and Matt with Osha. Hit 105. 30. Or even a little bit longer, because we wanted on 131060, when have you or someone overstayed their welcome? A guy had to call the police on his Tinder date because she ended up staying for two nights. 
He didn't even say she could stay the first night, but then they had dinner the next night, and she's, he's like, yeah, you'll leave after that. But sure. apparently she passed out after, mm-hmm. and he couldn't wake her. Is it inappropriate um, when you turn up, like when you go to a one-night stand, if they got out a rental agreement? <laughs> I think it's bad if they bring a toothbrush and then <laughs> yeah. upload it with their moisturiser and also their toiletries back. 24 yeah. hours, I need a small bond, just sign here. <laughs> yeah, not ideal. Reese in Ipswich, have you overstayed your welcome, Reese? Yeah, I'm currently overstaying my welcome at my parents' house. How long have you been there for, buddy? uh, The missus kicked me out about three weeks ago. Okay. And I said to mum, I was like, oh, I'll be here a couple of days and everything should be all good. And it's been like three weeks now. And they they act act like it's all right, but I can tell that they're annoyed at me. (laughs) Oh, so wait a minute, do you want to get back with her? Did you think you were only going to be for a couple of nights? Yeah, I thought it was only going to be a couple couple of nights, but... Aww. Can I ask Aww. what you did? Oh, it's not the issue. Uh, oh, it's just a long story. I don't think okay. we have time for that. No, okay. okay. Well, good luck with it well, all. With the qu- hang on, just the quick answer. Are you in the wrong, Reese? Partly. Partly. <laughs> Partly. Well, half 50, good 50. luck, Reese. I don't know which in, way to go. Enjoy yeah. the next three months, brother. Okay. <laughs> Had a chance there. Mm. You know what will go well? Get your mum to speak to your girlfriend. Oh, that will, yeah. that will go great. Don't tell him that. <laughs> He'll think you're serious. Rebecca yeah. <laughs> from Eastern Heights. Who's overstayed their welcome? Uh, my big brother actually did. He came uh, and stayed with me after he separated from his wife. Mm-hmm. And it took me six years to get him out. Oh, six wow. years? <laughs> wow. Six years. He <laughs> even moved in for the last year of it. And I said, no, I've had enough. My house is too small. Wow. Six years. Did he pay oh, rent? Um... Oh, after about the third year, I think I quit. <laughs> that's great. Oh, wow. that's so good. Yeah. But that's fine, though. You just know that you've always got six years you could live with him for that's free. That's true. You know? Oh, uh, I don't know if I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what's bad when you move out? <laughs> wow. Well done. Six years. Six years. Cara, Engine Boom, but we've set the bar pretty high there with a six year, right? Can you beat that? When have you overstayed your welcome? I have overstayed my welcome with my current husband. How, what do you mean? How long? He's been my only husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It has been almost eight years. What? What happened? Started off as a one night thing and yeah. I never left. You never left? <laughs> never. never left. And then you ended up marrying him? Yep, married to kids. Oh, wow. that's so good. Just not for one night, go home and get your stuff? Um, no. no, no, that's fine. <laughs> Did you, well, you never slept in your maybe two nights and then went home, got yeah. some things, and came back. And he came with me. Yeah. Oh, oh, of I did. did the same. Yeah. Now I've just heard that. He didn't want me to leave. Yeah. He asked Aww. me not to leave. Oh, see, that's beautiful. I probably did. <laughs> I've got to say, though, Cara, I had a relationship yeah. when I was 21. I moved. I, I pretty much stayed over on the second night and I never left. Wow. <laughs> Seven years later, we uh, we broke up. No. So, I know what it's. I know what it's, I didn't. We didn't get married and have two kids, so it didn't work out like you. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> at least you didn't have to call the cops on you. Yeah. So, is there an empty house, Cara, with your photos everywhere somewhere, or did you? Sorry. Is there an empty place that you that you just never went back to that's still like your house, or did you? You obviously had to sort all that stuff out, right? Yeah, I did, eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. A few weeks later. Wow. You're like, mm. I think the kids these days call that a stage five clinger, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the term. Yeah. But uh, he didn't want it to leave. Yeah. True. It's, very romantic. it's called love, Maddie. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. In love yes. instantly. Mm. Love My time. wife fell yeah. in love with me instantly, too. And then how many times did she kick you out? Oh, heaps. <laughs> <laughs> heaps. I think we've lived together less than we have been together. Uh, if you want to continue this, jump on the Facebook page, Stab Abby and Matt with Osha. It's Stav, Abby and Matt with Osha. Hit 105. Yeah, I'm grateful for a lot of things. I'm grateful that you turned my microphone on, Maddie. Thank you. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, that's Amateur. fine. But there's some things I'm just not grateful for, which is why I need Richard Clayderman to say this to you. Man sitting in the row in front of me on the plane last night. We all saw your bag wasn't going to fit in the overhead bin. Uh. It was clear to everybody. We all stood there in the aisle behind you, but no. Shove it and shove it and shove it, you did. <laughs> and then you took your backpack off and shoved it in there too. When the plane filled up and then people tried to sit down and went, Sorry, Heisty, there's nowhere to put my bag. You just read the magazine like it was interesting. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks, pal. You should have dobbed him in. 
that deserves a dobbin, I reckon. I don't want to get. I don't want to get on a fight on a plane. No, because Osher and I both had the situation where all of a sudden your laptop carries as a bag. Remember that time? Oh, it was the worst. Yeah, and you're like, what? But I always fly. Anyway, they belong at your feet. Yes. Well, that's what he should have put it at his feet. But no, he's special. He gets two bags. Of, never mind. Never mind. My turn. <laughs> hey, Nikki, our beautiful executive assistant who works here. I love her. God, I love her. Occasionally, I'm scared of her, though, because she does control. Yeah, yeah, occasionally. She tight ship. But this is a little bit of a message I want to be able to tell her. This morning, Monday, I like to kick off my week right by doing a little bit of a workout to compensate all the food that I ate on the weekend. Did a workout. I had a shower, and I accidentally pulled the shower knob <laughs> off. <laughs> I tried to, Yeah, shower head. I tried to reattach it. It's broken, so the shower doesn't have one. What were you doing? I was just showering. Mm. Aggressively showering. Thanks, but no thanks. This is officially I've told her. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone's looking for it, I've got to hear it. Why did you bring it into the studio? Oh, Evidence. I didn't want... yeah. <laughs> you tried to give it to me. <laughs> Fingerprints. Yeah, you're the last person to touch it. Hey, drive throughs I don't know why you think you need an awning over the top of you. Because when I have bikes on my roof... Oh, no. That doesn't go good together. Did you forget? Mm-hmm. Oh. $7,000 worth of mountain bikes. You just want your chicken nuggets. I did. I was starving. Yeah. Even worse, it happened at a truck stop. Oh. And there was truckies everywhere. And you're wearing your Lycra. Lycra. <laughs> As I threw <laughs> my maroon Captiva into reverse to get out of the situation. Wow. And pretended like I was sweet with it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was dying on the inside. The bikes were okay. Bit Jeez. of paint chipped. Okay. Looks like it have been $10,000 worth of damage, right? Yeah. Is that no. how much you spent on it? Or was it uh, more? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> But no thanks. Is this from your separate account that your wife doesn't know about? We don't. But we don't talk about how much bikes cost no. on the show. No, that's right. It's called his cousin account. <laughs> hey, <laughs> bin bag. Look, I know that we did squish down a lot of the bin. Squish, squish, squish. There's still some space. <laughs> squish, 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 until it didn't shut, and then we went a little bit longer. Squishy, squishy, squishy. <laughs> But does that give you the right to explode at the bottom when I take you out of the bag to take you to the bin? Probably, I guess. Yeah, I think it's exactly what it does. Is there anything worse than bin juice? No! no. You Unless you're an Ibis. If you're an Ibis, it's awesome. Yeah. It's such a yeah, potpourri of mystery <laughs> fluids. We get it. <laughs> well, you know what's even worse? When you don't realise it and then you walk back in and you've left a gingerbread trail of bin juice yes. all through your house. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. And you've got socks on, but you just drag your foot to yeah. clean it up. <laughs> no? Okay. I just can't. I'm not a big bin juice I don't know. A lot of people love it. No, I just meant was like I'm just I just I you yeah. know no, you're right. No, it's, okay. it's a favourite of a lot of people. What's that? What's that smell? I just dab some bin juice. The guys these. at school used to bet each other a hundred dollars no. to drink no. the bin juice. No. Yes. Again, what are they? Ibis. No. Wow. So one guy was rich, but no one wanted to kiss him. <laughs> and he only went out every Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But no thanks. Stop by being mad.